0: Welcome to System Chat Live! My name is WKJez, and hopefully, you're having a great day. In this episode, we talk about PvP. Now, some of you may want to be switching off, saying that's not for me. This episode was actually kind of interesting, and I got to learn a little bit more about not only how pvp works but the importance and and assistance the pvp pilots are offering pve pilots in the game so well worth listening into our guests are part of nato a pvp squadron they include unusual cupcake bernardo seven lintouchable and commander Lyella so whether you're in the bubble or off to color wait i've got a button for that hold on whether you're in the bubble of off to colonia Ooh. boss lady b and wk Jez are on your side you're listening to the system chat podcast
1: i mostly do PDP and elite and it's usually um organized um wing fights usually in rocks um I dabble a bit in DBS and I uh, BGS, and I keep my uh, fingers on the pulse of things that's going on. in Regards to that, um, partly for uh, my own uh, personal connections, but also because it's useful for keeping um, Santu Anarchy, which is the um, system that we've claimed as the home of organized PvP. Um, but I do little bits of other stuff here and there. I don't really do exploration anymore. I, I don't. I, I don't like being so far away from things. Um, for extended periods of time but yeah i've done most things in the game and uh, pvp is the one i've stuck with for the longest and currently most active in
2: wonderful yes the uh the rocks i hear we'll we'll hear more about them later but i hear they take out more pilots than uh, pilots <laughs> 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 they really are and of course if you all don't already know unusual cupcake then you're missing out but Unusual Cupcake, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got into Elite and what you like doing?
3: Um, hi. Uh, well, I'm Unusual Cupcake. I uh, I got into Elite uh, doing exploration. Actually, I was I was really into exploration. Like I I did that a lot. Like it took me five months to to get to Colonia and back home because I was dumb. but right now i do like doing combat stuff and i really do like doing a lot of pvp though i do a lot of organized i don't do as much as i should probably but i also dabble in other things like target combat normal npc combat stuff bgs only when it comes to santu and maybe zibal uh and uh that's about it. I do a lot of pew-pews. I like it. It's what's kept the game fun for me, that and the people around uh, that I play around with. Thank
2: you. Yeah, that is the people in the community is what keeps the game alive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So then we have Lynn Touchable. Lynn Touchable, welcome on into the podcast. Would you tell us a little bit about who you are in Elite Dangerous and what you enjoy doing?
4: Oh, certainly. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, um, so I'm a dedicated combat pilot, PVP pilot. I've been doing this for way too many years now, and uh, yeah, my main, um, main aim in Elite really is to continue the tradition of PVP and sort of uh, accessible PVP. Of course, Elite has its issues when it comes to balancing, and it's not really a game designed around competitiveness, but it is something we, um, in the PVP community, try our best at. So yeah, my main. I mean, the NLD has always been around the flight model. The flight model is unique and it's what makes the game really good, in our opinion. But um, PvP is sort of a very niche community and we understand that. So, spreading any sort of knowledge and information about PvP is a really big goal of mine.
2: Ah, well, this is perfectly in line with that then. And last but definitely not least it is. Commander Lyella. So, Lyella, I'm going to give you a little bit more of an intro because everybody in my stream community knows you, but I'm not sure many have heard from you before. So, Lyella, would you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you enjoy doing in the Elite Dangerous game? Uh, Yeah.
5: Uh, So, I'm Lyella. I do PvP in this game. I mostly do organized. Uh, Lately, I've been trying to dip my toes back into organic PvP. Uh, I will, when forced to, do PvE combat for BGS in Santu, and that's about it. Uh, I'm really into, like Lynn, I am very into educating people in combat, and, uh, you know, fixing ship
0: builds in every Discord that I'm in, which is far too many.
4: Yeah, I think I'll try this one. So NATO is um, its one of those traditional player groups when it comes to PvP. You know, every this game is very player oriented, so there's a lot of player group formation. Um, and NATO is just another one of those player groups. Because it's a player group in PvP, it's quite small. Um, and our focus has been, since we've been created for about a year now, our focus has always been on sort of focusing on combat, improving our own skill, and uh, mainly just having a lot of fun, really. Um, but NATO is, um, I can confidently say, one of the sort of uh, more competitive PvP groups in the game right now. We've been doing very well over the last few years. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's just an evolution, really. I mean, PvP pilots um, in this community, we tend to hop groups quite often because of the way things work out and people stop playing. And because the groups are smaller, um, this has a larger impact, right? So groups change quite often. Uh, but NATO, yeah, it's a competitive pvp group you'll find very good pilots in nato you'll also find people who are less focused on being very good pilots and more focused on um having some uh, more general combat experience so to speak a bit of a uh, ganking on the side maybe but yeah it's all it's all very it's all very pvp focused and we're definitely a pvp group but yeah you'll find very friendly people in nato
2: all right thank you for that and i think that leads us perfectly into a a definition question and yeah. a lot of a lot of people may know this, but uh, WKJZ, do you wanna do you wanna ask the the real question everybody's been thinking? The one in blue? Uh yes. Okay. So
0: <clears throat> in gaming, PvP can tend to be a dirty word for some. Some people um, feel that way and lead dangerous with it having many faces: griefing, sports, battles, BGS, all that sort. So, what type of steps do you guys in Sand 2 take? Which I would guess is more sports well, a lot of pvp sports is going on to make it more friendly and welcoming for otherwise star way pilots
3: honestly in Santu it's just the home of organized pvp so we have the pvp hub uh which is a discord where there is a matchmaking bot and people just uh go in voice a lot of people ping the active combat role just Organized fights, whether that's 2v2s, 3v3s, 4v4s. Sometimes people like to do bigger fights and never a good idea. Um, But yeah, it's basically, we welcome anyone. Um, Usually we we want people to have engineered ships. Because otherwise, they're just going to get bullied. And that's not the point of it all. Um, uh, But yeah. It's meant to be a place where people can just do uh, combat stuff and uh, fly around and kill each other in an organized manner. How would you
2: define PvP?
4: Well, PvP in general, that's a difficult one to define. Um, the thing about Elite Red right, is that it's not a game that focuses on a single-player style. So it's, various, it's very much a sandbox. It gives everyone the option of what they want to do. And a lot of people have sort of a... Certain, certain pride in their work. They really want to see the game as a sort of progression, right? So PvP sort of breaks away from this progression aspect. It moves away from the traditional goals of Elite, which is to get money, get stuff, accumulate wealth, and accumulate experiences. Whereas PvP is very much focused on accumulating skill, um, with the cost being your wealth and your you know total assets in the game very much. I mean, PvPers are some of the people that have spent the most on rebuys in this game, no doubt about it. So... PvP in Elite is in a unique situation where it is sometimes very controversial, um, but also interesting because it it's unique in that it introduces things to the game to a lot of people that they've never understood before, and it introduces a new level of depth to the game, especially when it comes to the flight model and how ships handle and how combat works, that is very, very, very rare. Like, people... The knowledge of these things is so rare among the larger player base that... Um, that it's quite astounding, actually, for a lot of PVPers, and they sort of uh, learn stuff, and it's it's a new it's a new big experience for them. So PVP, in my opinion, if I were to summarize it in maybe one word, I think it's a it's an exploration more than anything.
2: Hmm, that is really great, and we're gonna get a little bit into ships, credits, and things like that a little later on. But you brought up a really great point, which is. PvP is the one activity, I would say, in the game that, hands down, will make you lose your credits over gaining credits.
3: Yes, definitely. <laughs> there is no way to make money doing PvP, especially in organized PvP. There is absolutely zero way to make money. You just lose it.
1: And I would say also that includes um, bounty hunting. As, yeah. um A play style of PvP which people engage with, um, with the goal of killing wanted commanders to get their bounties. Um, per uh, transaction of bounty, so each bounty that you have is attached to a particular faction. Per one of those, the max it will cap at is 2 million. So generally, unless you've brought a cool wants scanner, if you get somebody that's got their maxed out bounty uh, bounties on their ship and you kill it, you'll get at best two, 2 million, regardless of it. They could have 2 billion. They could have 3 billion on their ship you'll only get 2 million of that. And with PvP, unlike other activities, it doesn't generate money. So all of the money is a transactional transfer between players. If you are mining, for example, or you're doing missions, then the credits that you get from that is a generation of value in the game. The value didn't exist before you engaged in that activity of selling the diamonds or um, handing the mission in. With PvP money, that money has to be generated elsewhere before it's a transfer as a bounty.
2: Ah, that's a really incredibly good point, which is, yeah, you are not generating money out of what we would consider thin space or thin air Uh, with that. Lyella, how would you define PvP?
5: I I would use the broadest term, like any activity in which you're acting against another player. So a lot of people view BGS as a non-PVP activity. I very much think it is since you are influencing the game in a way that affects a different player. Uh, You know, obviously, shooting another ship, yes, that is PvP. Like, whether that be ganking, organized, or organic PvP. Yeah, I I do very much think that a lot of people don't view Power Play and BGS as a PvP activity, and uh, that's completely false.
3: The simplest solution to that is make them open only. So you can only affect BGS, or you can only do power play in Open, or significantly decrease how much um, you can affect them from PG and Solo, because then it will force players to actually inhabit a space together. Say, the war in Santu. Uh, we've been fighting to keep it anarchy for a little while now, uh, but we don't see any opposition in Open. So if we do see opposition in Open, we can actively force them out and know how much is being done against us but we can't because they're all in private group solo or on a different console uh, on different platform so making it open only would make it so that every activity that you do will can and will be countered by another player actively not just passively through like uh, winning just conflict zones and getting massacre missions done
5: well the usual the usual counterpoint to that is like Oh, well, you're not going to see everybody because of instancy, you're not going to see them because they might be on a different platform. And, like, literally, that is the same argument as saying, like, oh, well, seatbelts don't prevent 100% of death. So we might as well just not use seatbelts.
3: Yeah. And uh, uh, the reason well, there are so many different aspects of PvP. Uh, if your experience of PvP is just the wrong side of a ganking clipper at Farseer. You've not experienced PvP. You've experienced a very bored person just shooting people because they're bored. Uh, That's not PvP. That's not the only PvP in the game.
2: I would like to kind of ask you, Cupcake, if you could go a little bit more into the difference between just the organized player versus player activities and the board players that are kind of just going after others.
3: The reason why people gank is because organic PvP, which would happen if there is open only BGS and power play, is non-existent. Even piracy. What's to stop a person who has like a ton of cargo uh, that has a cargo and just log on you? just menu log on you and you're sat there you're trying to role play you're trying to actually be a pirate against other players and they just take 15 seconds and log on you and you're sat there doing okay well that's that's nice and that's why most people go out and just gank because it's um it's consistent it's the only thing that's consistent is the only way you can actually get kills and get to kill people It's just, it is what it is. It's because the game is not, people are too scared of just dying and going to the rebuy screen or just saying, okay, you want that much of my cargo. Here's that much of my cargo. Instead, they just either combat log or just, I don't know.
0: If people look at PvP players and thinking, that's all you do. Well, it's obviously not all you do because you've got to keep the money coming in somehow. How would you say your week? If you were to have a typical week of however many hours that you play Elite Dangerous, how much do you have to balance between what you want to be doing and having the fun with the PvP versus the getting the credits to stay solvent and materials to say you know solvent
3: honestly it depends right now uh if you if you're just starting out you're gonna have to accumulate at least like engineering maths to get yourself an fdl uh and money to a like completely make it so that it's a good ship uh money for rebuys because if you fly without a rebuy and you're doing competitive pvp you're just not gonna have a good time and uh Once you accumulate enough money and and you've engineered the ships that you want to be using, it doesn't take that much. But I do spend like every couple of months, I have to go to the shards to sit in an SRV for about six hours and get all of the mats in my, uh, all of the raw mats uh, like collected. Or I would go kill Targoids or do missions, massacre missions for money, just so that I know that I will be safe for no matter how long. Like, I have a carrier, and I want that carrier to not think... I don't want to think about it, so I have, like, funds in it so that I don't have to think about upkeep and stuff. But once you've played for a long period of time, you kind of accumulate wealth by just doing things. I'm I'm guessing the others will have other points to bring, but that's my...
5: It very much is a matter of trying to concentrate, like all the 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 other. For a lot of us PVPers, we think of credits and mac grinding as like the chore that we have to do to, you know, get back to what we actually enjoy doing, which is PVP. So that's why you'll see a lot of us like constantly trying to keep up to date with like what's the latest money grind, and we're much more, I I would say, outspoken about big money nerfs. Because, say, the credit or the mining grind went down from 250 million credits an hour down to 100 million credits an hour. That's not a huge deal in PvE because you're not actively losing money. But for a lot of us, like myself, I'm at almost 7 billion credits in rebuys over the years. So if mining goes down to 100 million credits an hour, as it has, that means that's even more time out of my day that I had to take to go and grind credits to get back to the activity that we do enjoy.
1: Um, you can you can definitely tell that the health of the PvP community is very dependent upon the health of money-making metas in the game. It very um, much is. One of the times where the PvP hub was healthiest was when we had really good money from low-temp diamonds and pay night, so it was very efficient to go and do a couple of hours of credit grind mining sell it, and then you don't have to worry about your rebuys for a month or two. So you can go to organize PvP um, fights and you don't have to worry about dying because you won't lose your ship for it.
5: If, I a lot of people who were on the fence about even trying PvP,
1: well, yeah, they would just get into much it. Much easier for them to get involved and not worry about having to um, lose stuff for rebuys. But when that goes down, people tend to go more towards organic um, and more towards the type of organic that means they're not going to be at risk of losing their ship, which would be g- idle ganking. Um, we had to literally convince carl to log in um he he refused to do anything to get money that would require him to leave an fdl so it, when we got carriers it was much easier for us to just say like just load onto a carrier we'll take you somewhere you just have to go and fly to this station sit in wing whilst we sell and then cash the 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 bonds you get for it and get back on the carrier and next time you log in you'll be back in santa it's fine
5: There was a little while where he was just basically on life support and (laughs) Arvesa was like bankrolling his gameplay. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I remember the uh, please don't kill me in training. I only have one rebuy left.
2: (laughs) Oh my goodness. That would be so (laughs) nervous because then you wouldn't want to accidentally kill him. And then, oh, Uh,
5: it's Coral. You're not going to accidentally kill him.
2: You guys all act like everybody knows these names. So who is Coral? Can you tell us? Can someone tell me a little bit about who Coral is? And why it is that they can go in a whole PvP league for a whole year without having to do a rebuy?
4: Well, the situation. Carl's a good friend of mine, and um, we started uh, PvPing together about in twenty eighteen. So he um, he was in an old group with with me as well as so a bunch of other people in, the, in this chat. You know, Lila was in there too. Um, but when we made NATO, he was one of the founding members as well. So Coral essentially was one of the best palettes in the game for all I mean, I say he was. He still would be now if he played actively, although he isn't at the moment. But um the reason he was able to survive a whole league without dying was because his team was very good. But that's just if you if you win if you win a league, if you get to a final, the idea is that you don't lose any fights and if you die you tend to lose fights. So I think only died in the finals for the last season, last league, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, That's the it. last league was in the finals. That was the one time any of us died. And then in the ROA League, we won it. And we had one death that was less of who accidentally, accidentally turned his silent running key on by accident. So that was his own fault. Yeah, but yeah, situations are like that, yeah. I mean, PvP, you still die a lot. I mean, if you're good, obviously, your victories are going to be higher. Um, and it depends how much ra- risk you want to take. And this is another thing about... Um, about Elite that um, we know a lot in the PvP community is that it is uh, dying is essentially a choice. And I know this is, sounds controversial right from the get-go, is that you're, you're victim-blaming in a way. But when you have a basic knowledge of combat and how the game works and the time and experience to build a proper ship and a bit of money, um, you won't die unless you choose to. Uh, it's Basically, the choices can be based on situations. If you're a PvP pilot in a PvP ship, you're dying because of your own decision making at the moment if you're a non-pvp pilot in a non-pvp ship you're dying based on how you build your ship so you're dying based on how tanky it is how fast it is how capable it is of getting away or evading a pvp engagement um so the reason coral was able to survive for this long is, is a because he was with a very good team in a pvp league and he managed to get into the finals of one and win another um but B, because he rarely got into a situation where he would get himself killed, and he knows when he's going to get him. He knows the situations where he can die in. He just avoids them essentially. So that is a that's an interesting topic as well as the is the sort of consensual nature of PvP in a way. If you have a base level of experience, um, you can just not die in a elite. So it is very dif- very difficult to die if you choose not to.
2: And I might even say, and I know this may be controversial, that. If you just have a knowledge of elite and the different game modes, you can also choose not to die in that respect. Because simply being a streamer and logging into open is a choice, at least on my part, to say, all right, I may just get taken out because I know my skill level is at this. You know, my ship is this. I've built a ship that's, you know, a no shield transport type 9. If I'm in open, that's a choice, and I know that that's probably a, a possibility. Now, I think what you were saying a little bit more, Lynn Touchable, is that once you get your feet under you, once you are having an engineered ship and have the skills to pilot that, that you should be able to get out of, say, a PvP interdiction alive. Is that correct?
4: Yes, It's it's a bit more... It's a bit complicated. So essentially um, the tankiness of, of ships in Elite far outpaces the DPS of any weapon system, right? Um, it's very easy to get away in a high wake, for instance. A high wake is not inter- interrupted by any sort of mass lock factor or anything else except for the specially engineered dumbfire missiles called Groms or the engineering modifications for standard dumbfires, which reboots your FSD for a bit. Even then, though, if you can last for more than a minute or so, you're really comfortably going to get out of any engagement. Um, Any engagement you don't want to be in um, is easy enough to evade simply by location. So PVP, because it's such a small community in this game and we have a life-size galaxy to contend with, um, if you don't want to be shot up by someone, even playing in open play, I mean, if you're streaming, this is different because people will go hunting for you. But if you're just playing by yourself as a normal person, flying around if you don't go to high uh, population systems like desiat which is a very popular early destination system for first people when they're starting in engineering which is why it's such a popular ganking spot um or for instance santu which is a pvp hub location or the community goals which are very popular with PvPers as well or even shinrata desert although that one is quite a bit safer nowadays because of how inconvenient it can be for people to gank you there Um, if you don't go to those locations, you're very unlikely to even see someone, let alone be ganked by them because the amount of gankers per people in open play is actually quite small. Um, even the, like the most, the majority of people you'll meet are not going to be gankers. The majority of people you you meet are going to be in the same shoes that you are in, uh, in the, in the situation where, you know, they're, they're not very experienced in combat. They're not even interested in shooting at you. Uh, most people are not super, super interested in combat in general in the lead. They're more interested in other stuff. So it is... A lot of them might not even know you're a player on yeah, the radar. Yeah, they might not even know what a player is in, in Super Cruise. They might just see a hollow square and think that's another type of NPC. So it's, it's all quite rare, relatively. Uh, it, PvP death is very rare in this game. And it's quite difficult, in a funny way to say it, it's quite difficult to get yourself killed. It's quite an achievement, actually, to get yourself ganked in this game. Because you have to be in a certain place at a certain time, in a certain type a certain of ship... Instance. In a certain instance, yeah, with the peer-to-peer network, that's another thing, a certain internet connection instance in a certain game mode and with a certain lack of situational awareness um, to get yourself killed.
5: I mean, even, even streaming, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't put it as, like, a, a barrier to it. I, I, don't, I don't think that that really gives you such a huge disadvantage. Like lynn actually did a stream. I think it was like what two hours long, where he invited us to try to stream sniper, and he was flying a dolphin. We were we were chasing him down with what was it, six like purpose built gank ships, and we got
1: him twice over a two hour period.
4: Yeah, near the end, yeah, because we had to yeah. be in super yeah. for a while.
1: If, if you're prepared and you have good situational awareness and you know what to look for and you know where to go and where to avoid, it's very hard to die. Yeah,
5: in a dolphin, <laughs> and same thing. Malik VR streams in Open every single day, and if Open was that situation where you know it's a certain death trap to stream in it, then he would be getting stream sniped every day. But he doesn't. Right.
2: I also would say, and I would hesitate to just pop in at this point because all of you guys are PvPers, so I have to say you do have a perspective of actually a lot of knowledge in the game and a lot of knowing these things whereas a newer player or even someone who isn't hooked into going out and actively being interested in combat may not have like you said that situational awareness or the knowledge of hey a engineered ship you know they may have heard about engineering but not realized an engineered ship is that much more powerful than just your a rated ship
1: work to get that The game does very little in terms of hand-holding, but at the same time, also, I think, I would say, lets down the community in terms of the information that it actually provides. Um, If you play just the tutorials to learn what you're doing, it doesn't give you any information as to how much um, more resistance your shields get just for having four pips in them. So it it really skirts a lot of the finer details about what the actual game mechanics do and how they work. And that's where um, the communities really step up. Um, If you're a new player and you're interested in the game, you may, for example, come across New Pilots Initiative, um, which is a player group that's dedicated to teaching and training new players, various aspects of the game. Um, And a lot of the people that contribute in the channels there on their Discord will be PvPers um, in the combat channels there. Um, Same goes for the Gank Evasion Academy, which is set up specifically to teach people um, that are new to the game or new to PvP or, or just interested in learning um, how to evade ganks. And the same for Elite Dangerous Community um, Academy, which is a um, teaching and training section on the Discord there, where, again, PvPers will contribute um, with information and knowledge about um, how the game mechanics work, um, how to avoid dying, and what's strong and what's weak, and how how that all interrelates.
3: Um uh, another thing, it doesn't even have to be fully in a fully engineered ship. Just being a little smart about the way that you build your ships can save you a rebuy. Um, having a shield instead of that cargo rack on a cutter will save your life. Even if it's a non-engineered shield, even if it's unengineered boosters, it will save your life because of how stupid the cutter is and how tanky it is. Like, Don't don't be like, oh, I'm gonna lose this and this much cargo. No, you're you you wanna lose that cargo or do you wanna lose your ship? Which will cost you more in the long run?
5: I think that's one of the big downfalls of late is like nothing in private or solo, like nothing pushes you to learn how to build your ships for open play. So a lot of these skills that the community provides for teaching you how to evade a gank, how to build your ship to be survivable. You don't really necessarily need to learn those in private or solo. Like you like flying that shieldless cutter with a landing or with a uh, docking computer. That's a perfectly viable option in solo because the NPCs don't even know how to pull you out of super cruise. So for a lot of players. They get into open and it's just like a complete culture shock because they're like, oh, now I do need to know how to land my ship. Now I do need to know how to build my ship for survivability because I will get rail spam the second they pull me out of Super Cruise, which is a thing that I've never experienced before.
2: And that's that's probably what keeps PvP interesting is that... And no matter what, as human beings, and I'm sure, you know, maybe in 20 or 30 years down the road, AI can get to a point where we can't anticipate it. But I think everybody who does any sort of combat can get a sense of what the AI is going to do. You have an idea of how it's going to work and can anticipate it. And that's probably the thing that after a while, it's it's no longer as challenging.
3: Well, human NPCs like to cheat, and uh, uh, when you go and, like, for an example, try to ram them, they will literally jump out of the way. (laughs) It's funny, but it happens.
0: Yanking is obviously something that is tied to PvP, and in some cases, I think that's what people only see about PvP. Do you, you, as PvP pilots... Have an investment in this? Do you feel strongly one way or the other? Or is it something you enjoy doing? I'll start with you, lyla I just saw the microphone on un- unclick.
5: Uh I mean, I used to gank a lot more in the past when I, especially when I was first starting to get into PvP. Like a lot of people don't realize like just how big of a jump it is in skill level going from because I, I I started off like a lot of people, like just ganking in a Corvette. You know, and it's very hard to transition from that, you know, I'm very good at PvE into the skill level of I can actually do competitive PvP. So for a lot of people, ganking is that middle ground where they're like, okay, well, I need a relatively unexperienced pilot to shoot at so that I don't, you know, suffer all these rebuys. And I think that nowadays with the pvp hub and with all these resources to learn pvp i don't think that that's necessarily needed as much i mean these days whenever i gank it's usually just friends that are like bays i have ganked on occasion uh (laughs) cuppy we all gank on occasion well like but or You know, every now and again, yeah. Like, if it's somebody who's interested in learning PvP, I'll pull them out of Super Cruise, I will fight them, maybe kill them, maybe not. It all just really depends on
1: their attitude towards PvP. I think the question of ganking as well depends a lot on perception um, and expectations as to what would be considered um, by players... Based on their own experiences and opinions as to what they would consider to be um, quote unquote legitimate versus illegitimate forms of PvP um, engagement or activity. So, for example, a lot of people just don't respond to comms messages. Um, When I was doing BGS stuff, um, I had a system that was being attacked um, for the influence. Um, I was um, active doing stuff there to push our influence back up. And I saw players, and if I saw players, I would message them and say, what are you doing here? Please talk to me. I'm supporting this faction. Please talk to me so I know what's going on. Um, And if players didn't respond, I'd blow them up, because there's a possibility that they're attacking our BGS. So the response at that point is to um, do something to prevent it. If they go to the forums and say, I got blown up by a player, they had no reason to do it, I wasn't attacking them, why would they do it? You go down as a ganker. Um, So there's like a big variation in perception as to what could be considered ganking um i personally would only really term ganking to be specifically um shooting players for um no return other than watching the ship go boom when it's players that aren't looking for pvp contact uh, contact con like not looking for pvp interactions and also not engaged in activities that would conflict with other players so if you blow somebody up for power play reasons or bgs reasons i wouldn't consider that ganking because by engaging in BGS, they've put themselves in a situation where they're conflicting with other players. So that's a um, uh, quote unquote legitimate recourse in that situation. Um, as for who actually does ganking and why, um, I, I would say the majority of people that you will encounter ganking um, are probably PvPers in organic spaces looking for fights, and they'll pull players, see what happens. Um, If they blow them up and a ship goes boom bonus, if the player fights back and they get an interesting interaction out of that bonus, they're probably pretty agnostic about what's going to happen. And if they get a fight out of it, great. If they don't, not the end of the world. Um, Most PvPers don't have a very um, defensive attitude towards what happens when a ship goes boom. Um, And the number of people that are career gankers that are only looking for um, blowing up soft targets to um, stack up the KD is pretty limited in the game. But it's also an option that's available to people if you're flying in open through a player hotspot area. It's a risk you take to understand that that's a possibility what will happen. So um, I don't think it's anything that has to be justified per se. It's a valid form of gameplay. Um, it's, I don't yeah. do it
4: a lot myself, but it's gameplay. It's a, the thing about ganking is that it's way, way, way over-focused on. Like it's, you've got the PvP community, which is very small, and then you've got the ganking community, which is even smaller, and then you've got the career ganking community, which is just you know people that only do ganking, uh, which is tiny. It's maybe a few dozen, or like a dozen people or so, um, and their impact on the actual game population is nothing. I mean, the, it's it's maybe a few. I mean, they have a few ten thousand kills among them, but that's over, dec- over half a decade. That's not a lot of kills. It's not that interesting. It's not that important. The big thing to focus on with ganking is that it's, it's gone so much in the limelight because people are very upset when they die in this game. Unnecessarily upset. And I'm going to be quite biased about this, obviously, as a PvP and you know, as someone who's always been into combat. But if you get super, super, super upset about dying in a game where you have a 5% insurance cost... Mm really not necessary now of course there are situations where uh new pilots will be ganked and they will be discouraged from going into open again and stuff like that but um the important thing to remember is that the impact that ganking has is uh focused on too much it's it's something that is not um encouraged necessarily in the pvp community it's not something we focus on it's something that happens it's something we laugh about and sometimes it's funny when someone gets really upset about it and calls you a psychopath but even then, um, it's not necessarily something we admire in the PvP community either. I mean, if you. The, the term career ganker isn't exactly a positive one. It's a derogatory term for someone who hasn't learned how to fly properly and take, spends all their time shooting at people who aren't capable of fighting back. And. If there's one thing I can be certain of is that PVPers will very happily shoot at each other, including career gankers, as much as possible. In fact, one of the most frustrating things about career gankers is that they won't fight you if you try to fight them. Um, But the big thing to to focus on with PVP really is that it's such a small community which seems to have such a vocal impact on the game, um, but the actual competitive nature of it the actual skillful element of pvp is ignored it is completely under the radar of most people who play this game they don't understand it exists they don't believe that um, gankers have any skill they don't believe that when they get shot at by a wing of four fdls those guys are interested in actually being competitive at all and not just completely bored out of their minds because they can't find anything to do the biggest problem pvp has these days is that there's nothing to do there's no incentive for people to do actual pvp in this game there's no incentive for me to go out into the cg and shoot at someone else because if i do it in the conflict zone even that conflict zone is going to be balanced wrong it's going to be done already it could be bugged Um, i'm going to be in a build that is very very bad at killing npcs and very very good at killing players then congratulations i've just spent all the ammunition on my large ship and getting out getting rid of this other large ship and now i can't kill any npcs anymore it's a waste of time from the perspective of someone who wants to do actual progression so if you want to unlock uh, certain things in the cg or something if you want to make some money pvp is going to waste your time completely Um, whereas the actual competitive element of pvp is so small and so irrelevant to the actual community that it is overshadowed by ganking, which is undertaken by a minority of the PVP community. That's what's so amazing about it to me, is that ganking is such a huge focus for everyone who doesn't PVP, but for the PVP community itself, it's a side thing. It's, it's a few people that do it regularly. I mean, there's famous names like dangerous.com, who is focused entirely on getting as many kills as possible and will not engage in any fair engagement. If he's in any chance of dying, he will leave immediately which, you know, fair game to him, that's his playstyle. But for people like myself, um, for even for the NATO squadron and for other squadrons like ourselves, like um, uh, Prism and Boran and groups like this who are focused on um, actually doing often organic PvP but also organized PvP and getting good, um, there's going to be times we gank people because there's nothing else for us to do. And that's the sad thing. There's nothing... There's no reason to do actual PvP. And I really, really want to focus on that because I think it's important to not get drawn into the ganking debate because it's something that has happened so often.
5: There's no reason to do PvP. Like, there's no reason to seek it out in the game. So, for a lot of players, like, that is going to be their only interaction with PvP because that's the only one that they have no agency in. Like, everything, every other part of the PvP community, every other PvP activity you have to buy into it so it's not going to be something you the game naturally pushes you towards and that's one of the things that we would really like is a reason to do pvp so ganking is not your first experience with it and so that the game incentivizes you to gain these skills to gain the knowledge of
1: how to interact in a pvp environment um, I would also say the best thing that you can do if a player blows you up is to send them a friend request afterwards and say, what could I do differently next time? Yeah. Uh, most PvPers uh, and most gankers would be happy to have a chat. Um, if you add them and start calling them a sociopath, they'll probably find it funny. But if you start asking them normal questions um, and want to learn, then most of them will, will if, as long as they share a common tongue, will help you out. Um, because. Um, PvP is about player interactions and the dynamism that you get from different player interactions Um, normally by blowing ships up but what's also interesting is what happens after that's happened um, and who you meet and how how you interact with the multiples as well Um, so I mean I think like I said previously I think FDev could do a lot to I know that a lot of the elite community are against the idea of being handheld etc. in the game but even if it was some sort of nominal quest line that was optional that gave a bit more depth and detail um, about some of the more uh, harder to understand mechanics um, that would be a huge difference to, to players understanding. I think the main reason that people are so taken aback by ganking was such a shock. Is you'll never encounter an NPC that can output a DPS that a player can.
4: Yeah. The funny thing is they're against handholding, but they need to be handheld. It's it's that simple. They just the majority of people in this game have no idea what they're doing when it comes to combat. And I don't want to be mean or insulting. I don't want to be denigrating people in general. It's just that the information you the 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 information you need is out there. It's just not in the game. It's not loaded in front of people like it should be. Um, that is a design choice, of course, of course, and it's all debatable whether that's a good idea. But in my opinion, um, the debate about whether ganking is morally justifiable or whether what it does for the PvP community or what it does for the player community is um, a complete waste of time because it's always the same discussion and it's always dependent on um, the simple fact that people refuse or are unable to um, avoid the problem. The problem is avoidable. It is solvable by yourself. It does not need a FDev interaction. It does not need the PvP community to change. It does not need your own playstyle to change. It only needs some basic tips and the PvP community has tried to give these tips out to people in the past. I mean, if you look at Rinslow's video on the Type 7 and how to escape in that, that's an unengineered ship against a ganking ship that is engineered. He's flying it into Shinrada Desra. He's doing all the things wrong. He's making himself an easy target, and still he gets away because he has the basically good build and a very simple routine of just four pips of systems, turn around, high wake, get out of there in 30 seconds. That's how you survive a gank. It will defeat... Every single ganker in the game. If you want to defeat ganking, you can do it yourself at home, so to speak. It's a DIY procedure. You just build a good ship, get out there, and do it. You just need some basic information, and that's all you need, really. So the, the biggest frustration that a lot of the PvP community has all the time is that the discussion is always focused on, is ganking justifiable? Is this possible? Et cetera, et cetera.
0: If you look at the bigger picture, and one of the things that we talked about at the top of the stream was how credits. I'm not something you're going to get in PvP. There's not actually really any tangible reward for doing PG, uh, PvP as far as progression in the game. But if you associate that towards what counts as a win and a loss in PvP, I think it shouldn't be understated and it should be repeated that if you learn as a pilot to a- escape a Griefer or a Ganker, That's a victory. It doesn't necessarily have to be you win by blowing somebody else up. Is that a fair point?
1: Yeah. If your goal in your game activity is to um, say you're doing a mission and if you die, you fail the mission, then somebody um, interdicts you and they start attacking you and you get out. You don't have to be in a combat ship. The point is you win by completing your mission. That's your goal. That's your task. If you are mining and you're flying through a system to go and sell, Somebody pulls you; they're going to gank you, or they want to pirate you, and you get out. That's a, that's a you Make a sure win. To
4: call them bad as well. That's the best thing. Is to is to take the little victories that you can, right? To make, take the fun out of yeah. it. People, people don't want to take the fun out of it. But if you evade a ganker, just call them bad. I mean, it's it's you can you can easily evade a ganker, but still call them bad. It's worth it. It's a good thing to to advocate for because I think people should um, have a reward for basic shipbuilding skills.
5: I, I will say, like. Even those basic shipbuilding skills would... I don't think we would even need to teach that, though, if if the NPCs were even just a little bit better at pulling people out of Super Cruise. Because, and let's be honest, like if you've played this game for more than like a week or two, you should be able to evade every interdiction from an NPC you will ever face. Like, Exegius's mom did it with zero coaching on her first try. So if the NPCs can't even pull you out of Super Cruise... How are you supposed to learn how to evade a gig? How are you supposed to learn how to build your ship defensively if this is never a skill that you're going to need in solo or private until you encounter another player?
0: i got to say, it is a rush. The first time, I mean, I was really bad when I first started getting out of in addictions, but when I first did my first one, I kind of felt like I had, you know, a two-ton, whatever, well, you know, two sensor to say, but, you know, I felt like to do that with PvP, it just adds on a new kind of layer, I guess.
2: Yeah, and, and there is that satisfaction of being able to get out of that interaction. And I would say that as having Lyla in the chat sometimes and coaching me on it, it's really not as easy as it seems to some players. Because like Kit Tempest pointed out, not every player in the game is interested in combat. And obviously, we're just trying to highlight those that could be or might be interested in combat. And I think there is a certain level of when you do break out of your first encounter, like the first time I got ganked and I didn't know what was happening. I was like, wow, the NPCs have gotten really good because I didn't have that situational awareness. I didn't know what the hollow dot meant anymore. So there's that level. But once you do get interdicted by another player and you get out and you get away, there's that exhilaration of just yeah you know like i beat them and, and it is that really there is a lot of satisfaction in that and getting uh, getting able to being able to uh just escape and as you guys are putting it it is a lot easier than we think right it is a lot easier to do that than we think i think
1: it comes down to learning curve if you don't have the prerequisite knowledge and you get ganked by a player there's very limited time to learn anything from the interaction
5: whereas i think that that's that's the big that's the missing part though is that there is no there's such a huge step between elite npc and even like courier ganker whereas if we had that missing like if we had npcs with the ability to pull out of super cruise, if we had npcs who had proper builds that it wouldn't be such a culture shock going into open and interacting with your first players.
0: Yeah, this one I know is somewhat controversial for people in the Elite um, community, but when I first started playing pre-Horizons, I arguably spent 99% of my time in open. I wouldn't think to go solo because I wanted to play Elite to be around other commanders or other people. And private groups, well at the beginning I didn't really understand what they were for, and I didn't have friends, so I didn't go into private groups. Why do you think, then, and engineering, and I know it's engineering that's had a massive effect on a lot of people's opinions towards PvP, why do you think that maybe people are now not engaging in open play? Because it's not just me. I know a fair number of people that went off into private groups after Horizons. What, what effect has that had the, when engineering came out to PvP? Is it good? Is it bad? How, does, how do you feel about uh, that?
1: You will get very different Answers from different PVPers about it. I know that a lot of people that were OG, did a lot of PVP before um, engineering came out, um, didn't like the changes. And I think current PVPers will largely agree that engineering has balancing issues to it. Um, almost every PVPer that I have ever encountered, I think I have encountered any that wouldn't agree that we'd like the barriers to engineering a lot lower. Because we want more people to be engaged with and able to engage with PvP, whether that means um, having ships that can survive ganks, or whether that means they want to do PvP themselves. But the biggest barrier to that is how heavily weighted engineering makes the DPS potential and the health pool potential of ships at the moment compared to people that haven't done engineering. And then after that, you get the um, esoteric knowledge of how to actually use engineering to the to the maximum, um, and then the grind to get the correct mats that you need to do the engineering. It's a huge barrier and a huge wall. I don't think anybody would disagree that we'd like that to be um, much smaller. Personally, I agree. As I personally, I enjoy the flight style um, and the potentials opened up by engineering, but I don't think engineering balances well into the main game. Um, and it's a, a big um, uh, limitation for people who want to get into flying in open. I'd much rather engineering was geared towards engaging players with full gameplay, as opposed to keeping people out of it.
5: Uh, I've got. I think. I think. Uh, I have a different opinion on this one because I actually do like the concept of engineering overall. Uh, it's. I. I mean, even without engineering, we did see a meta. Like there wasn't. There's never been a point where there hasn't been a meta. I think that the issue with engineering right now is that it's so like strict for what actually works and what doesn't. Whereas most of us would really, I, I, I say this all the time, like right now the meta is a more paint, bigger brushes kind of mentality. Whereas a lot of us would rather it be a rock, paper, scissors where, okay, well, he's got this built. So I have to use this kind of build or fly in this kind of like manner in order to counter that. I think that engineering does open up a lot of possibilities for a lot of different ships to be useful in different ways. Like, uh, I flew a Type 7 in my 100th match of PvP hub, and pre-engineers, not a possibility. Like, I would still have a lot of hull, but that that ship itself would not have been a possibility at all. And I, I do think it needs a lot of balance, and it could use a lot of work, but... I think it's been an overall good thing for the game.
4: I mean, engineering is an interesting topic um, when it comes to PvP, because if you look at the, I'd say, let's call them the PvP boomers, the OG gang, the, uh, the old people, that, they're not necessarily old, but they're, they're, they were around for longer, they were around pre-2016, pre-2.1, um, yeah, from the silent era, they say that engineers killed PvP. Of course, the popular counter of that is that they're all bad pilots. Um, the biggest thing that engineering has done is it has given the actual competitive PVP community um, more tools and more tools to explore flying with it has made pilots better and it has given us more freedom and more uh, focus on reaction time actual skill instead of you know Sitting around waiting for a capacitor to recharge So it has improved the flying it has made the game more fun when you when it comes to high intensity PVP um, It does increase the barrier to entry honestly though it's a bit overhyped how big of a barrier to entry this game, uh, the, the engineering is. It takes about a day to get yourself into a meta-FDL from, uh, from nothing, um, if you know what you're doing. And again, the biggest grind in this game is actually learning basic information. The biggest grind is not engineering or, or, or even money grind or anything like that. Um, there's plenty of time. People have a lot of hours in this game. There's plenty of time to get yourself a meta-FDL, honestly. It's an annoying one. It's annoying and it's trivial and it's unnecessary in in a lot of ways. But it's not something that has damaged PvP apart from the population. But these are people that were already playing for a few years and they would have gone anyway, in my opinion. So yes, it is. It has made the flying better. It has increased the gap, but people are going to get upset about ganking anyway. And uh, those people are the people that are going to get explicitly upset about getting ganked. Are never going to be the people that are going to go. Okay, you know what? I'm going to do something about. It. I'm going to get myself a good ship and fight people. No, they're going to be they're going to be uh, annoyed either way. And again, as I said earlier, it's all about ship builds, right? So, um, a badly en- badly built engineered ship is still going to die very very quickly, and is uh, going to be just as fragile in many cases as a badly built or even reasonably built non-engineered ship. So, in my opinion, engineering is good. It has increased the skill gap uh, between people. It has increased the skill ceiling, which is the biggest thing that that matters to me in my opinion um and it's a good thing overall
3: i i i'm very new so i don't know how it was before engineering so i'm spoiled and all i know is engineering but i know from flying an unengineered ship to flying an engineered ship how much it's changed for me like i say this a lot i am a snob when it comes to the thrusters of my ships i will have Class A dirty drag drives on my exploration ship because I won't fly anything else, but I think it is a grind. Like, I don't enjoy it. I hate having to engineer new ships, which is why I like the fact that I have enough engineered ships, and it should be less of a grind for people that do want to get into it, but um... Honestly, it's made the flight model better. Like what Lynn said with the engineering, and it's make it made the ships powerful, made difference, and like made it so that people ships that wouldn't be considered can be considered uh, as ships that can be competitive. Not very good, but can be competitive.
5: Like the Orca. Like Orca is a great example.
0: The, the Orca was meta for a little time, wasn't, wasn't it? Just for a short period. Like the orca's the
5: orca's strongest role right now arguably is combat. Like it's a pretty mediocre passenger ship, honestly. It's a pretty mediocre exploration ship and trade ship, but honestly it's not half bad in combat.
1: It's I mean it's very good for memes. Like if you have an orca pod going around yeah. bullying people in system and you have like appropriate um system chat chatter for you know a gang of orcas ramming people to yeah. death, like when that's you... a lot of fun. It is also good at dying in 1v1s and, you know, when people are actually competent turn up. But up until that point, you can have a lot of fun in Orca.
3: Yes. Ugh. You can make a Sidewinder work if you want to. Like, we have a Sidewinder build that we go in and play around with. It's, you can make any ship work, just to varying degrees.
5: Yeah, and before engineering, I don't think that that was really yeah. the case. I mean, it's made like... ships
4: more fun to fly, right? And that is the big thing about Elite that people seem to forget is that it's all about the flight model. It is a game about flying ships and now about walking around a little bit. But I digress. It is about flying ships. And um, the more the more ships you can fly, the more fun it is, and therefore the better it is. So engineering, net gain, definitely.
2: You know, How have you thought about the new CG rewards with the double engineered components? Has that really engaged the PVP community or yourself as a pvp to get involved in the CGs, or is it more of like a FOMO? Now it's going to create a new meta.
0: And is it fair?
2: Yeah, is it fair? So I'm going to actually start with the uh, unusual cupcake. Sounds like you have a good opinion <laughs> on this one. I think it's dangerous to start doing things like
3: this. And um, can you imagine... Some weapons, if they'd make it so. So, so far, all the good double-engineered modules have become available for anyone to buy, right? Like the FSD um, was available to be purchased at tech brokers. So, can you imagine what will will happen once? Like, okay, now they're doing a long-range, increased ammo capacity rail. Okay, instead of a cascade, we may we'll change it to super penetrator or whatever or fuel rail. But what happens when they do an efficient and anything else plasma accelerator and then you're like shit and it's gonna be so overpowered and if they make it into a thing where now with Odyssey we're gonna be able to double engineer everything it's gonna change everything and I don't know if it's gonna be for the better.
4: It's bloody terrifying is what it is. Really.
5: I I think it'll be for the better because it's not like if everybody gets it, then it's not like anyone has, like, an advantage, or everybody has equal access to it. Let's assuming double engineering is going to be the gold standard. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's open all the time? I mean, they're basically split between, is this useless? Okay, who cares? Is this actually useful? It's probably not going to be amazing for um, the existing balance by the looks of it. Um the Seeker is pretty much useless because nobody really uses seekers in BVP, um, apart from um, if they're specifically going after hull tanks, which is just bullying. Um, the FSD, I would say, is very powerful um, if you know what you're doing with it. If you stick one on a Python, for example, and using it as a mission runner, um, then hey presto, you've got something that can jump full range and if you get hit by a Grom Bomb, um, you'll you'll be able to jump very quickly, so you can get out. So it's very powerful in those limited circumstances. Um, the rail is a big difference. It's flat up better. That's
4: the problem. How it's just flat out better. I mean, this is
1: This is another happens. one
5: that this is another one that means me and Bernard yeah. disagree on. Because okay, so he said that every every one of these double-engineered modules that are very powerful FDev is made available as a as a tech broker unlock later on. I legitimately don't know if FDev is in touch with the meta enough to realize that this is going to be a very powerful module. So I think it might open up the possibility for like, oh, you missed out on this. So you are now at a disadvantage forever.
2: I just want to say quickly that the double engineered modules, for those that haven't heard about this, basically there have been rewards for some of the community goals. And depending on the community goal, it is centered around it. The current community goal that is active right now is for a double engineered railgun. So what that means is normally when you engineer a module, you have kind of your main engineered tilt for that module. And then you have an experimental that you can add on. And you only have one... Choice and the way that engineering works by making something, and I'll just say the FSD, making the FSD be able to jump further takes away from some of its other stats. So it it tilts it towards range, but it decreases the module's strength. It decreases or it increases the heat. So there's always a trade-off. Now, if you have two and double engineer, it means that you have two of those primary engineering. Um, components that you normally wouldn't have access to in the regular game so in this case on the rail gun you have long range and you also have high capacity which you would usually have to choose between those things now you have two effects on that gun plus the experimental
5: it essentially eliminates every single downside to a rail gun
1: the mm-hmm. balancing factor of the railgun is the limited ammo that makes you say, is it worth taking this if I run out of ammo if it's going to be main DPS? Now, that won't be a question. You can, um, if, Even if it does go to tech broker unlock, that means people can run four of them on a ship, five of them on a ship, and they don't have to worry about ammo. Usually the way around that is to take plasma slug, which decreases your DPS because it, it reduces the damage output. But if you don't have to worry about that... There, then There is no downside. There is no why, weakness. Why would, yeah. Why, why would you take plasma slug and the trade-off is reduce your damage output as the way it's balanced if you can just have a high cap version and not take a damage hit
5: this was also the this is also the concern whenever we switch from our engineering to the modern engineering system that we have so a lot of people had that concern they're like oh i missed out on the R engineering phase so that means like people are going to have god rolls that we don't have access to now and so for my sin of not playing the game at that time, I am now at a disadvantage, which was not the case. It almost was. I, it almost the very was. At least it almost was. And like, and there are very niche examples of things that are massively overpowered, like uh, Ryan's minus minus ninety percent huge PA. Like that thing is ridiculous. But on the large part, I feel like FDev is at least aware enough that they know when something is overpowered, and then they balance the game around that. It's like, for the most part, I I don't think any of us really have kept any of our legacy stuff. Like, I I think I've got a single interdictor that is better than anything you can get now, but mostly people have just moved on to the new engineering system.
0: As a more general point, do you think the CGs are coming in too thick and fast? Because I distinctly remember CGs used to be a little bit more better placed than they are right now.
5: I have it on good authority
1: that thick and fast is never a bad thing. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> um, I think some pacing between them can help with sustaining engagement. If you have the same thing that cycles every month, you get this week was this, this week is this, this week is this. It becomes routine, it becomes
4: uninteresting. It's constant availability for action. I don't see anything wrong with with constant CGs. Like when they made them once a month, it was people wouldn't even show up to them really because it was you know okay, who cares? I'm in, I'm in Desette anyway, right? But if it's... I mean, now people are showing up again. I mean, they used to be like this as well every week, and people would show up to them as well. They have become, once again, a PvP hotspot. So there's nothing wrong with multiple CGs at the same time. Maybe for, like, PvE engagement, it would be lower. But, hey, if we're talking about PvP,
5: it's a good thing. I think that they're doing a much better job advertising them as well nowadays. Because it used to be we would all show up at the CG. We would have no idea what it was about. We would just start shooting people. Like that, That's how it was.
2: The, the biggest thing that I think we've talked a lot about and around, and this ties perfectly into, is ships. I believe that one of the things, just from the outside, looking into the PvP community, the thing that ties you together is your love of, one, the flight model, which we've talked about, and two... Playing around with ship builds, your favorite ships, your least favorite ships. And I know Layla was going to do some content talking to each PvPer about their particular ship build. Is there one ship and everybody would be able to fly it? Or is it something where someone has to go out and kind of test their own style? Is there a way that someone like me can go out and figure out what my style of combat is?
3: Okay, okay, so it will come to everyone's surprise. My favorite ship to fly is the FDL. Um, because, uh, I I came into combat doing stuff with the Chieftain, and then I was, um, uh, what's the correct word? I was bullied into the FDL, um... (laughs) <laughs> and uh, then I was thrown into a um, wing fight with a semi-engineered FDL against Coral, uh, with Lynn on my my side, but again, I was literally dead weight in that fight. Um, I love flying the FDL. I hate that ship, but I love it, and I feel like you said, um, can anyone... Uh, find their own playstyle and flight style. Right now, the FDL is... Um, uh, yeah, Bernard did it and Lila, but we'll not talk about that. Um, um, the FDL currently is the ship that 99% of PvPers use in competitive and organized PvP. And it's simple the reason is simple why. It has the best flight model. It can move very, very good, and it is an excellent ship. It has amazing convergence. It The weapon platform is good. You can do a lot with it, and the FDL's main thing is the pilot, so as long as the pilot knows what they're doing, they're going to be able to fly that ship, and that's the only drawback of it, as far as I can say from my experience with flying it. As, as long as you practice with it, you'll get better at flying it.
4: Yeah, the FDL, I mean, that's it's the best ship in the game, period. I mean, it's, it is. I mean, it just is, right? If you're talking about flying, it is the best ship in the game. People hate it a lot because it's so strong. Um, what Cupcake mentioned earlier is, I mean, the FDL is the ship for... If your choice of flying is high skill... If your choice of flying is, I want to be good at the game, I want to be flexible, um, if you can fly the FDL, you can fly anything, really. Um, there are all other options if you want to be effective in PvP. Um, they won't be as fun, they won't be as difficult, they'll be quite easy. I mean, there are ships that are very strong in certain situations. As a medium ship, in general, the FDL is the strongest in combat scenarios because it can do a lot of things very well. And it can do some things the best, whereas other ships are better at it in certain situations. Like, for instance, uh, the Python, amazingly enough, is a very, very good 1v1 ship against the FDL because it has a lot of health pool and shield cell banks. But if you were to try and bring that very slow, very fat, very upfront, low low shield strength ship into a wing fight, you'd die very quickly. So the FDL is... um. It's sort of like what you said earlier about the um the style that you mentioned earlier, right? Um, Boss Lady. It's there's there's really only two styles in this game. There is I want to be really good and effective, or I want to die. And the FDL is only the be very good and effective side. Whereas the other ships is sort of a secondary thing, and you can get into other ships from the FDL very easily. If if anyone I see this a lot in new with new players, new pilots, they say, okay, I don't want to fly the FDL because it's meta, it's the strongest ship in the game, it's the noob ship, you know, it's all that stuff. Um, and it's, it's quite uh, frustrating actually because it is the most difficult medium ship to fly. It is very difficult starting out because it's so weird and now it stalls and it's tricky and it's a bit uh, iffy at first, but when it comes to high skill, it is the best weapon you'll ever use. If
0: somebody was to do the most hateful thing imaginable and tell you you had to use this ship as a PvP ship, basically, what would be the biggest nightmare for you if you had to use it as a PvP ship or your least favorite ship to to use? Uh,
3: cutter or an anaconda. Oh. I would quit the game.
0: What What is it about those that uh, doesn't do it for you?
3: The um, the cutter goes forward. If you want to turn, you have to tell it three minutes earlier. And the Anaconda is just trash. Anaconda is just absolute trash. No.
4: If someone were to force me... I mean, there's a lot of really bad ships at PvP. But if someone were to force me to fly a ship that would actually make me want to end my play style in this game entirely would be the Asp. Any Asp. So the Asp's got to explore. Just because of how it flies, it's so bad. You have, you have an a... Asp Explorer. like You have a combat ass. I have one, but no. as a joke, it is so
5: painful. Okay, okay. So, okay, so on the way back from Distant Ganks 2, me and Lin pulled each other. He was in a gank aspects. I was in a gank DBX. I don't think either of us realized it was a gank ship. So we had, like, a 20-minute 1v1 in these Explorer ships, like...
4: Oh yeah, you completely murdered me, because this thing is awful! It, it doesn't really does. boost, it doesn't move, it sits there and dies. It is awful, I hate it.
0: I just I just want to jump in, because Obsidian Ant gave us a shout-out a couple of episodes ago. Sorry to anybody still listening to us, that, uh, fans of Obsidian Ant. I know talking bad about the asp is really going to hit you where it hurts, but back back over to the
5: floor. I'd probably say the T-Tan. Like, uh, like it doesn't turn, it doesn't move, like... You, the you can mass lock any ship in the game, but you can also outrun it in a stock sighty if you really want to. Uh, any kind of high skill weapon that you can think of can't use it because the convergence is like a gigantic
1: trapezoid. Bernard,
2: what, what, what would be the ship that would make you quit PvP if you had to
1: fly it? I, I, I don't know. Probably the T ten or the Crusader. Um, the Crusader, is the um, the the Forgotten um, Run to the Litter of the um, Alliance. C3 ships, Um, slow speed, slow maneuverability, um, dependent on an SLF, which is completely broken in PvP, so you can't use it unless you basically want to exploit a lag switch, Um, and awful DPS potential. So yeah, that would probably be my sadness machine.
2: So now we're gonna switch gears. And this is this is probably the part of the podcast that I've been really looking forward to talking about. The end. Which is no, not <laughs> oh, the end. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, just checking. <laughs> How do you guys feel about what's coming up with Odyssey? How does that affect PvP in your mind? Are you going to be staying in space? Are you looking forward to having on foot PvP as well? What does this change in this new DLC open up or not really interest you?
3: Um, it'll be interesting to see if we can carpet bomb people.
4: Yeah, I'll be using mines a lot more, I think, if I can do that. The question of PvP
1: really comes down to, in Elite, how do you encounter players? Um, the reason that PvP is inevitably, if it's organic, or even, you know, organized, we just have a separate system for it, but if it's organic, it um, almost always will be in one system at a time. It will be in Dekiat, it will be in a CG system, because instancing is really tough. So how do you find players? So when Odyssey goes into live game, how are you going to find player hotspots? Where are they going to cluster? Will it happen? I expect the result of it will be um, the only consistent way to really find players will be if there's an occasional meta place to farm mats like Dav's Hope, for example. Or alternatively, um, if there's an event going on where people are going to be sitting around having a little bonfire hanging out. So the only way to play and find players for PvP activity will probably be ganking.
0: I, I suppose also another hub like 2 will inevitably have to pop up too, you would think. Yeah, if the
1: gunplay is worth it. But for me I'm interested in the flight model, so uh,
3: so um FPS on a peer-to-peer network is no. <laughs> it's already happened where I've seen a person in front of me and second later they're behind me and shooting me. So
4: what does it have to offer? Why would you do organized um, on foot PvP? Yeah.
5: yeah. I like the the game isn't built around that. You know, that it's not the main focus of the game, so I just can't ever see it being super popular.
2: But it will it's, exist. Yeah, it will exist. I mean, if we've learned nothing from our conversation today, there's always going to be a niche community that gets really good at some niche part of the game, like PvP. But as just players of Elite, not just as PvPers, but as players of Elite, what have you either seen or experienced so far in Odyssey that you do like?
3: I am I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would be. Uh, I had very low expectations. I was expecting it to be very bad. It's interesting and it's fun. And especially when you're doing it with friends, it, it's always more interesting and more fun. But I don't think anything has like stood out to me as much. Like, blown my mind. I don't think anything has done that yet.
4: It looks really Quake-like to me, which is interesting. Like the most similar FPS game that I can see to Odyssey is sort of Quake. And of course, you've got to remember it's low gravity or very high gravity, and you can change that depending on location, right? Mm -hmm. So there's so much freedom, again, to choose how you want to set this up, which is, I don't want to say unique, but it's something that sets it apart from alternatives.
2: Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. I have to say personally, since I already play FPS games, and I wasn't really particularly looking for elite to fill that niche. I didn't really think I would like some of the PVE combat that Mm -hmm. I've encountered. But the first time I got to do a low gravity jump, and I'm just kind of hanging in the air and shooting at the NPC, which at this stage, they're not as good at Shifting and looking up, and I was just like, Oh, this is so much fun just jumping from each roof. And so, there was a certain element of like, I did not expect to like that particular aspect of it. I'm waiting for week three when we get all the exploration stuff going. I'm I'm kind of interested this week. Yeah. Yeah, week four. four. Yep. (laughs) We get to
3: load a four shell on a ship and shove a person onto that four shell loaded ship and see how fast they die.
2: Yes. Well, we, we tried to um, get someone into orbit and Jez hopped on top of the the Apex Interstellar and instantly died. It was so disappointing. It was so pretty, disappointing that you instantly die. Pretty, yep.
0: pretty much most of my experience with PvP, so there you go. <laughs> 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 but, so, I, we're going to pull this back to a two-parter. Um, we talked about PvP and there not being anything really that the game offers for incentives. Now, obviously, we got to kind of think about how some of these mechanics could be exploited. Is there a wish list or certain wish items on a wish list that you think would be nice or feasible for Elite to put in the game to make um PvP a little bit more lucrative? To
1: uh I would like something in the game that rewards PvP activity in and of itself. Um, in a way that has value generation and meaningful influence. So what I mean by that, for example, is the moment if you, for example, if you're supporting a BGS faction and there's a conflict going on and you want to fight in the conflict zones, um, it's generally a waste of time to fight against players. Um, It's more efficient to just kill NPCs faster than your opponents. I would like some sort of unique reward system that makes it so that it doesn't have to be isolated PVP. It's so that PvP is an integrated part of the game that has a unique reward and a unique reason to do it, and it generates value um, per the game structures.
5: Uh, I, think, I think Bernard's in a good track there with it needs to be something generated by the game. I think that one of the easiest ways to do that, uh, whenever you take a mission for a BGS faction, you know, it always says like, oh, this hostile ship will be sent against you. I think it'd be a lot better if it just gave us missions to be that hostile ship. So for instance, this faction gives you a mission to go run a courier mission. You can take a mission from an opposing faction that says, okay, anyone running courier missions for that faction, blow them up. You know, it gives you an, it gives you an opportunity to be an organic element of the game, you know, without just going out and griefing or going out and shooting your friends. And if you can attach rewards to that that actually pays that that you know that's great.
4: I mean, if I could make money shooting at people, I'd be very happy in game. Obviously, want to make that clear. But yes, um, it would be really, really, really nice if you could make a few hundred million off a player kill. Um, obviously, this would be stacked with um the other players like reputation or skill. It would be good if they integrated player groups into the game in like sort of with the squadron system, but better in a way that. You could set bounties on each other, and uh, overall, just have a sustainable way of doing PvP. Players should drop materials, for instance, high-grade material. Like depending on how well their ship is built, a player's um, ship should drop very high, uh, high-grade materials or low-grade materials, depending on how well the ship is engineered. Uh, and the bounty should reflect um, that as well. You know how expensive a ship is and stuff like that. So I think, you know, if if even if like um, player factions in a system randomly put very very big bounties on players. That would be something, right? That would be something to do.
3: Having missions to go and kill a person or having missions uh, to uh, disrupt other people's missions, making it an integrated part of the game. And yes, definitely players should drop materials. Like That's one of the big, big thing. But I agree with with everything uh, uh, all of them said, so... I don't think I have much to add.
2: What if there was some sort of a leaderboard or a seasonal thing? Cuz a lot of a lot of games that do center around combat do have some sort of leaderboard and I know within the PVP community you guys have been talking about, you know, this person is one of the best pilots, this person's on top. So you do keep track internally in your own in your own software and everything like that, but what if there was some sort of a leaderboard? That refreshed every so often in game that had maybe like the top 10 people would get that reward or.
5: See, I don't, I don't even really think a leaderboard works in the context of elite PvP because if we're looking at, if we're judging just by PvP kills and saying that's what makes the best PvP pilot, then dangerous.com would be the best. But clearly not the case. You know, if, if you put dangerous.com in a real fight, against like actual competitive pvpers i don't feel well, it, it's just such a because we don't measure these things in terms of like oh i got this many kills that means i am better it it's all skill based which is very much harder to track
1: yeah we do have a leaderboard already um it's curated by players that want to participate in it uploading their journal files which then scrapes out kill death information and, and- um, you can then make uh, calls on a discord bot to get that information back but the people that go up in it will be the people that um, primarily gank and run away if they're under threat so it creates a stilted impression if you only follow that um, as to who's doing what and who's developing where and i think the risk of having a, a main game scoreboard would be that you entrench people running away to save their kd ratio because it's always easy to run away Um, if you have players in organized wing fights, um, the ones that are the highest DPS threat will be their first focus um, to suppress their potential to get damage out. So they'll spend most of the fight being shot at and they won't get any kills and they might die. But they do it because everybody knows they're the highest threat. The scoreboard wouldn't reflect that. It's, It's one of those
0: things that I've thought about too and it's kind of difficult. It's like scoreboards are... I haven't known many scoreboards in Elite Dangerous that haven't been exploitable in some ways. When I say exploitable I mean probably cheesable. And yeah. yeah.
5: They also I mean it's it's the same as every other scoreboard based system. It doesn't really reward people for being more efficient or being more skilled. It just rewards whoever does the most. So in an example that we gave earlier was Coral has not logged into the game in like what a few months now, but I guarantee he's still better than like ninety percent of PvP pilots. But if we switch to a scoreboard based system, he would look like a very low skilled player.
4: Well, less just said in chat is really good actually. Average DPS per fight calculator, that's a good one because people yeah. people's DPS is actually quite representative of the skill level. Um, Would it be interesting to most people? Probably not, but it is. that is the best metric for player skill, if you want a single metric.
0: Time on target feeds into that a lot too, which is something that I was taught a lot of combat is like it's not necessarily a case of um, getting the most powerful ship, but getting the most time on target, which I guess that would really enhance your pilot, would be enhanced by piloting skills and what DPS you are putting out once you have that time on them? I think I, I was trying to sound smart there, but I think I fucked it all up. But maybe I didn't.
1: like,
2: you can have the best hard point, but if you don't hit the other person's ship, right? You don't, you don't get yeah. the DPS. So part
1: of the nuance of plasma accelerators being the um, meta weapon um, for primary DPS is that it's hard to keep time on target if you don't know what you are doing with it.
4: This is one of the first metas in a long while where the, where like the meta weapons have been high-skill ones. And that's a good thing. And it is, it is stale to some people, um, but it, oh, generally it is a positive meta, even though it's not balanced. Um, but the ship that takes the most effort to fly and the weapons that take the most effort to use are currently the most powerful, which is good. But still, there should be an ideally a, a move towards balance, of course.
5: Well, I mean, you compare that to the meta before Plasmas and Rails, the, like, during the Silent Era, it was gimbaled Multis with yeah. auto loader. like <laughs> that's, that's not a high-skill weapon at all. Thanks. Thanks.
2: So what if there was... Thanks. Yeah, right? <laughs> what if there was a Frontier-organized tournament where, depending on the team placement, because we do talk about, you know, individuals rewarded for the kd ratio but what if there was a frontier sponsored tournament that you would get in-game credits depending on your placement or your ranking in that in-game tournament
4: really good i mean that, that we already have pvp leagues that are pain to organize um and we constantly have to adapt the rules and we inevitably mess something up whenever we do the rules because we what we try to do right is try to Eliminate things that are what well, we can that we consider broken that are currently in the game, and we inevitably, inevitably make something that is just as broken, uh, a new meta essentially for for within the PVP league. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it would be a good thing uh, if have to have had. This is a big if, of course. If F had any knowledge and interest in balancing PVP, um, then Frontier Run PVP contest would be amazing because it would remove a lot of the burden on the PvP community, it would remove a lot of the drama around it, because it's it's a neutral factor right, Frontier. So that would be a good thing. It would be honestly just a really good thing. It would have to be enough credits to be worth it as well. Yeah, you
1: know, it, People it would still do it, though. Compete. Yeah, you yeah. Know it if, um, a, a, a finalist's or winner's um, paint job, for example, would be a really good incentive. To, I think as yeah. 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 it, it stands we now, could, we, we could
3: paint jobs. <laughs>
1: Like as it stands now,
5: though, like we easily ru- could run through 100 million credits just in in houses if we in a week.
1: Yeah. If you, you know. yeah, if it be could, a tournament with a lot of players, it would be a lot of
4: rebuys for. Competing and training for it. But just go big, right? Just go big. Say, okay, a billion credits for the winner, yeah. uh seven hundred million for the for the losing team per player. Um, they can just give that away. People are making that money anyway, doing other stuff. Yeah. Um, the time you spend in it isn't exactly less than you would spend making that money in the in the other parts of the game. And it would the biggest thing it would do is promote PvP. That's the one thing it would do really well. Competitive PvP, not ganking or the drama yeah. around that. hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: I've got we kind of to our last couple of questions, but there's one that I've been curious about and probably the most curious about for this episode is I've done watched a lot of Twitch and people doing PvP and some I would consider professional and some probably more hobbyist. But one thing I've always noticed that although there's a lot of swagger and bravado going into fights, I've never really seen a lot of picking on people or demeaning of people that have lost probably more so organized fights. Is that an ethos that has naturally kind of existed amongst the PvP community and
4: what you guys do? Or is that something that you focus on and kind of make it a rule? It's, it's difficult to answer that one because it really depends on the individual. And that the reason that's so important is because um, the PvP community is small enough where there isn't really a defined... How do I say this? It's it's difficult to set a defined culture that that's very permanent because the behavior of a few people can change the whole feeling of a of a sphere around something, right? So, um, let's say the PVP league finals, uh, Prison versus NATO. We're all good friends with each other. We're really really good at the game. We all re- we all respect each other. We've beaten each other many times. Um, they beat us. They were, I mean, they made some jokes about it. They they joke about it consistently, but it's obviously because they were very happy about winning, and they're very respectful in general, right? Um, but there are definitely situations where there will be uh, people that will um, be rude to each other and more mean and more demeaning. And it's, it's because of people's reputations and it's very dependent on how people view each other in general that the behavior is set. Of course, GG, good fun, you know, all that stuff is very common, but the actual behavior is very difficult to hide because everyone knows each other and everyone talks to each other constantly. So, I don't know, it's something... It's something I like to promote, but I mean, I've been guilty of uh, insulting people as well uh, who I have a little bit less respect for because of their behavior or because of things they've done to me in the past. So it's difficult to say because of how small the community is and people will have grudges against each other, which will carry over quite a lot, which will have a bigger impact than they should in a bigger community. This wouldn't be a big deal, right?
0: I think that's almost ubiquitous with most communities in some way. There's always going to yeah. be that competitive streak. and. We see it on Twitch, we see it on YouTube, and but it
4: wouldn't impact the greater community as much, right? Yeah. That's if the everyone
5: thing. didn't know each other, then it wouldn't be like such a huge deal. But uh, yeah. the fact that the PvP community is so small, it's almost like going to like a high school with only like fifty people. Yeah, you know, everybody knows each other. Everybody
1: knows everyone's business. So some some people, you know, do engage in a lot of shit talk, but it's it's off the cuff stuff as opposed to you know heartfelt and meaningful. Because mm. uh,
4: Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, though. It depends yeah. on the people being targeted.
2: It depends on who you,
3: who you talk about. Like, some people are just trash.
4: Yeah, but... Some people are trashed, some people are not lots of other people. So it's it has a bigger impact is what I'm saying, right? It will always happen in any community. People will be mean. People will be emotional. Um, in general, I think most games, like regardless of memes and stuff like that, most people will be respectful. Um, there's no, But it's there's no real culture in Elite is what I'm saying because it's too small to have a culture. It's all based on who is saying what and who is saying what on this particular day. Individuals can change the whole atmosphere and then it can be changed right back to by someone else. It's all based on people's individual decisions.
2: So just roughly speaking, how many active PvP players do you you think are in the game at the moment?
4: Oof. Let me just look at PvP hub real quick. I mean...
3: No, PvP hub is not going to be a thing, because there... No, but you
4: can divide it by five, and then you get a pretty (laughs) (laughs) pretty okay measurement. 200, but that's probably being generous. I'd say 100. Actually, like, active I would, currently. I would say
5: that the, the PVP community on PC, mind you, is probably probably under two hundred. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I
3: would say under two hundred.
5: Like it's and that that number has gone up over the years. It's gone down. It's it stayed it, very consistent. Easily, you can easily tie it to how easy it is for you know, to get credits in the game because yeah. when at the height of the LTD boom it was easily, like, double what we have now. I mean, and you were constantly running care. into mm. oh,
4: it It's very consistent. More... It's a very consistent number. People. Ever since I started playing, which Bear in mind, that is after engineering just came out, so 2.1 is when I started. Mm-hmm. It has been very consistent, and there will be a myth going around. Again, some people will quit the game, or a group will quit the game, like when SCC left in, in uh, 2018, late 2018, I think. Um, they left because all their modules were removed by FDEV because they were abusing a little bit of an exploit. And, um, yeah, and ever since then, of course, they consider the game to be completely dead. They, if you ask anyone in that group... Right? Is the game alive? They'll be like, no. It used to be way more popular. But obviously, if you if you're playing actively, you notice that the number is quite consistent. But it is a small number, about a hundred people, two hundred people, maybe. Is is. I think part active. of it as well is, um, for the majority of people that end up at the point of PVPing in the game,
1: they've probably done most of the things in the game already. They've played it a thousand hours plus. If they've gotten good at PVP, they've probably done a few hundred to a thousand power uh, thousand hours at least doing just PvP. Um it's quite natural for people to stop playing a game at that point because you've played it for a long time. Um if you're in small niche player groups and you see your friends stop playing, it can feel empty, but that doesn't mean that the overall size of the community's gone down. It just means that there's ebb and flow and pockets come and pockets go. But I I tend to agree with Lynn, at least as long as I've been PvPing, it's felt like the numbers have been pretty stable. But the particular activities people are doing and the particular size of different groups comes and goes, depending on game balancing, game changes, um, as well as other factors as well.
5: Specific people do come and go. I mean, and just because somebody leaves doesn't mean they're gone forever. So, yeah, uh, I would say between 100 to 200, usually what it's at.
0: And that is elite dangerous in a lot of ways. People do come and go and pick it up and put it down again and across all facets of gameplay too, Boss, right? I mean, you and I have done it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I think that this is where being a streamer of a certain game tilts this in a way that wouldn't be my natural gameplay. Like I pick right. up a game for a few months, I put it back down or maybe I play it with this group of friends or that group of friends and then come back and leave versus with elite. You know, I play it every single week because that's what I'm streaming. And there's enough, there's enough to do in the game to, you know, do a full time forty hour week in a week if you wanted to. Because
0: but... uh, we are the content. I mean, well.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: no, um, with true. streaming, you can look at how changes affect that as well. For example, your oh, gotcha. Finance Friday when they gutted Pay Night value, that had a big oh, change yeah.
2: on. Well, this is what we've talked about in the past, and, and this affects you as the PvP community as well, and Lyella touched on this at the beginning of this episode, which is that depending on the money-making meta, or whatever is the meta in the game, that will shift whichever group most of the general public will flock to. So Gold Rush. Mining- yeah it's the elite gold rush yeah and so when mining was the meta it actually made me a little bit sad when i got back into elite and Lyella was there when i first came back in mining used to be this kind of niche thing like pvp like not many people mined because it was difficult it wasn't particularly fun there wasn't core mining there wasn't subsurface and so i uh, loved mining limpets. yeah there wasn't limpets yeah <laughs> And then I came back in and hearing that the PVPers are mining. I'm like, what the heck? This is so <laughs> strange, right? I'm like, what? Why? We
3: took Lynn Mining once and told him yeah. like, several times to not forget a refinery. Guess what Lynn
4: <laughs> I used someone else's refinery. refinery. It was okay.
3: Uh-huh. I used someone
4: else's refinery. The biggest uh-huh. thing that annoyed me about mining is that I couldn't orbit the rock. I had to sit still. What? Well, yeah. why? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wasn't allowed to fly around it like a
0: person. No,
4: I wasn't allowed to fly around. So, so sad. Then... I, I have
0: to admit, I only mine now to do coal mining, and that's not for money. I just like the concept of it. I mean, after Boran, I was broken. I have not... Yeah. I did coal mining when Boran happened, honestly. And,
2: and a lot of people did, and and um, that's the thing, though, is that depending on what your interest is in Elite, you are at the whims of the way that the game is played and the way it is it is changed and so if something does change then suddenly something that used to be the meta like if the fdl uh i know this this is going to give everybody nightmares but you know if the fdl somehow became not the meta suddenly it was the the type nine I mean, you know, it would make a lot of people cry and then you know people would figure it out. But it is uh, it is definitely one of those things where depending on the way that the game is developed and changed, it will change the way that the community plays it.
0: Type seven well, PvP meta says unbiased cactus. Even
5: I've even watched- in that regard, PvP is a little bit unique in that there's very few There's very few activities in the game that just do not make you money at all, like racing, stun flying, PVP. Like these activities do not make you money. Like, yes, mining might not be like the end all meta right now, but it still does make you money. It's not a it's not a money negative situation (laughs) like PVP Mm -hmm. has always been in.
2: But connecting back into PVP, whatever that meta is, is the thing because... The, the core of the discussion, and I'm sure some people have picked this up, but I, I want to point this out. The core of the discussion about PvP is it is one of those activities in Elite Dangerous that does not make you credits. So if you are taking part in PvP, whether it is buying the ammo, rebuying your ship, you are going to be at a negative credit balance from where you started when you started that activity. And Most people who PvP want to PvP. Now, with the mission stacking and bounties, you can do combat to get credits now, and you can do Thargoid combat now to get credits, and that's the top of the pile, so you can do combat, but you cannot do player versus player combat to get credits, and there's some pretty obvious reasons of why that hasn't been supported, because people could cheese that metric and just you know exploit that but it is a case of where up until the rebalancing you guys did have to go out into the mining field and do something that really was counter to your preferred play style to make those credits to continue your preferred play style
3: for us like mining was not the end goal we did mining because we needed the credits to do the pvp
5: and I think I, I made this point to Jez and Boss Lady separately at one point. It's if we compare it to a game like World of Warcraft, for example, if you wanted to progress in, say, uh, I don't know, like raids or something, your starting point would be go do dungeons, you know, something in the same vein of your end goal. Whereas PvP has never been like that. If somebody asked me, like, back during the mining meta, like, okay, how do I get into PvP?" But I would tell them, okay, go go mine for like, I don't know, 100 hours or so. Get enough credits to
1: get yourself into a PvP ship.
5: And that just never made a lot of sense. The top, so.
1: Well, the other thing as well is the idea that PvP shouldn't be, um, was well, the, the, the idea that people use against PvP having good payout and that it would be abusable. Um, well, I mean, it already is abused. The, um, Desire to not have people uh, farming credits off each other um, because it would be unbalanced or unfair or an exploitative way to do it. Um, well, people do that already, but for bounties to use for BGS. Um, Plus along came fleet carriers and just pissed all over that in a lot of ways yeah.
0: too. Yeah.
1: Um, so the the argument that PVPs shouldn't have um, a, a good reward for what they're doing um, in case it's abused, is like well, yes, but PvE is already abusing this with their mm. friends but they're doing it for bounties to push influence right. because bounties still push a lot of influence regardless of how you get them if you can farm them efficiently on your friend without any risk people will do it and it, mm. it is done, we know it's done, we've seen evidence of it being done, so why would we penalise PVPs from having a good reward um, mm. to engage in their activity in a productive way um, to prevent something that PVE players already do for themselves.
3: A... All
2: right. So we're. That's, that's a
0: great end point for the recording. Yes. That right there. <laughs> that's,
2: that's a great point. <laughs> although, although I know this is a great ending point, but I have one last question. Ah, yes. One last question, which is how does a new player get into PVP? Like, who do they get into touch with? where do they go to get this information and how how do they get hooked into this community because there may be people who have heard this now and want to at least try their hand at it and start to get into that world so where do they go pvp hub yeah there's a
4: few discords so the galactic combat initiative is (laughs) the perfect discord for building your ships if you want to do combat um in PvP with a PvP PvP focus obviously but there will be some PvP help PvE help there as well. Um you can get even on the even now you didn't used to be the case but even nowadays on the Elite um, Dangerous community Discord there is some really good um pilots there who are mentors who will gladly link you over to GCI or PvP hub and will tell you a lot of information as well. So you can ask on Discord is the best way to get into PvP. Um so Elite Dangerous community Discord ping Captain Pelly, Dr. Gui, or Walking Dead. They're very good pilots, and they'll tell, you, they'll tell you everything. GCI, the Galactic Common Initiative, is a good Discord. If you want to do PvP actively, PvP Hub is the is the place to go there.
5: I think PvP Hub is probably the best place to get into PvP. Uh, obviously, there's going to be links to all the other... The, the PvP community spans like 50 Discords, so PVP up is a good starting point for that. I feel like it's easier to get into organic PVP or to organize PVP than it is in organic because it is a crapshoot in organic. Like maybe you're fighting some random ganker. Maybe you run into somebody who could like 4v1 you and all your friends. In PVP Hub, we try to balance the fight so that you're not ever taking a completely stacked fight. And we also try to make we try to be we try to not to focus the the new guy early, so it gives you a little a lot more leeway, and okay.
3: you don't have
1: to, don't to, to.
3: Say that again, Bernard.
1: Can I drop some Discord links for Galactic Combat Initiative in the PvP hub into the chat?
3: Yeah,
0: what I was gonna say actually is um on www.systemchatlive.live if you're listening back on the podcast or um check our website out we will inevitably start building a resource of links based on who we talk to in the episodes and we will stick it up there kind of roughly around the time we stick the um, episode up for download
2: and we will also put this in the system chat live discord as well so that this will link we have a discord we do we have a system chat live discord which we haven't really promoted much at all so yes we will put these resources in that discord obviously um if anybody who is a guest today wants to also be contactable um you can reach out to them um Many of the people here stream or have YouTube, so we will also have their links to their various platforms so that you can ask them more questions. If you didn't get to get your question out today, and if you are still interested in talking a little bit more about PvP, ship builds, things like that, um, we'll connect everybody together because that is the point of system chat. And uh, I'll turn it over to you, Jez.
0: Ah, thank you, boss lady. And yes, my favorite part of the podcast is being able to say thank you to everybody. So, thank you to our guests today Commander Lyella, Lintouchable, Bernardo7, and of course, Unusual Cupcake. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We appreciate there's been a slight delay in this one going up. We had some technical issues trying to get this all to flow together, but we managed to get there in the end. Another big thank you for all of the content sources that have been shouting us out recently. No least Elite Week, who have been really saying some kind words. The all-American podcast that goes out on Friday nights in the UK. Well, Friday mornings if you're like me and never sleep, but it's well worth staying up for, trust me. Our next episode will be actually going up in a few days' time. We talk to the wonderful content creator of Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen content. You may have heard of him, his name is Bognagus. Until that time, however, all that remains for me to say is stay happy, stay safe, and stay well. The System Chat Live podcast is produced and hosted by WKJez and Boss Lady B. Our community liaisons are Commander Orange Phoenix and Commander Layella. And our live moderators are Sean, Unlawful Raffle, and Valskorn. Extra special thanks to TokoZo, who made the music used for the production of this podcast. All opinions and views are those of the hosts and guests as individuals, and not of those of Frontier, the makers of Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous is available for purchasing digitally at various outlets including Steam. Elite Dangerous Odyssey is due to come out in Spring 2021 and is available for pre-order right now on Steam for players on the PC format.